Hi, this is Making Sense of Movies. I'm Claire. I'm Elena. And uh, today we're going to be talking about movies where the couple couples don't end up together at the end. Um, in honor of Valentine's Day, even though we haven't been here for a while, and we're so sorry about that. This was supposed to be our Valentine's Day episode, but you know what? Sometimes we're busy, and life happens, mm-hmm. and we waited too long, and now yeah. February's over. But we're here now, and we're going to continue making podcasts like more frequently. Yes, um, we're less busy now. I don't know if that's true, but we'll be here for you guys. <laughs> okay. The, uh, first, we're going to talk about Blue Valentine, which came out in 2010. Uh, director Derek C. in France. He's doing a new TV show with Mark Ruffalo. I just saw the trailer for it. Oh, on HBO? Yeah, about the yeah, twins. About the twins. Oh, I didn't know he was doing that. Yeah, they saw it, and I was like, I just saw Blue Valentine. Yeah. Okay, well, this is, we watched this together, and it was uh, both of our first times watching it. I've actually, I've seen the beginning of the movie, but oh, I was, okay. like, much younger, and it seemed really <laughs> depressing, so I stopped. Yeah. And it but was really depressing. It was, yeah. I was, not disappoint. It's one of those movies where I heard about it all the time, but, like, I was very unclear what it was about. Um, yeah. It was a lot more intense than I thought it was going into it. Uh, I thought it was going to be more, like, marriage story. Which, yeah, it, it is not. in the sense that their marriage falls apart, but it's much more, like, Raw. Yes, I feel definitely yeah, much, more much more raw about it. And basically, so Blue Valentine is basically the story of the beginning and the end of a relationship mm-hmm. between a couple, played by Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. Mm-hmm. And you start out in the be- in the end of their marriage, essentially. And what I really liked about this movie, I think, was how you kind of start to question things towards the end of the movie. Yeah. So there are things in the beginning of the movie where you're like, okay, like Ryan Gosling's character is just an asshole, but then you see him when he first met Michelle Williams' character, and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, he was much nicer. Like, what happened in between these yeah. moments? Mm-hmm. And you realize why he would become, like, a more jaded guy. And, like, yeah. it doesn't excuse his actions, but it definitely explains it. Yeah. No, they did a really good job at the beginning where you're just thinking, like, how the hell did these two end up together, like... Yeah, mm-hmm. you definitely don't um, understand why they're together because, yeah. especially Michelle Williams' character, she clearly is out of love with him. Yeah, she's very fed up with how he not only treats her but kind of like his own life. Mm-hmm. He doesn't strive for anything more in his life. Yeah, he's very happy where he is, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that's really See, happy. Yeah, that's the thing I was sort of confused about while watching because, like, he's got like he's an alcoholic. He abuses yeah. her, and I was kind of trying to figure out like what it, what doesn't physically abuse her oh he kind of he's a he's aggressive yeah he's, he's very aggressive. he's very oh aggressive. yeah at the end yeah. of the movie yeah he's um, very toxic yeah but i was just sort of trying to figure out like why is he why is he that way and um, does it does you do you think it's because he realizes that she's out of love with him and he just doesn't want to i think admit it so if you watch the movie you would know that Ryan gosling's character he moves to new york under circumstances he doesn't talk to his parents um, or they're dead or something like that. I forgot like what exactly happened. Um, and he meets Michelle Williams' character, and he loves her. He's very much adamant on pursuing her, and she's not really about pursuing him. He's very much like this. I I kind of, like, um, I kind of characterized him as, like, a very masculine man. He has these very traditional rules of masculinity in the mm-hmm. sense that he has to go you know, talk to the girl. And if he likes her, she has to like him back. Mm-hmm. And Even though Michelle Williams' character in the beginning is like, why are you talking to me? Like, yeah, I don't want to be talking to you. At the very end, like, Cindy is only with him, like, during, uh, when she was younger because, like, she really needed someone in her life after, like, her other boyfriend was horrible to her. Yeah. And, like, they show her family life and her parents are always fighting. Yeah, her parents are always fighting. She's never really had a stable, like, romantic relationship either mm-hmm. to look up to or any of her own. Yeah. And it goes through, the movie goes through, like, kind of their relationship. And essentially what happens is she has broken up with her college boyfriend. She was in college to go to medical school. And she starts dating Ryan Gosling's character. But during this time, she becomes pregnant with her ex-boyfriends. And she goes to get an abortion. She decides not to do it. And he's like, okay, I'll marry you. I'll raise this child as my own. Mm-hmm. And... That was the thing that I was, like, definitely taken aback with because he really does, like, in towards in, like, the feature portions of the movie, he really does love the daughter, like, his own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's never, he never puts that against her. Mm-hmm. He's never saying, like, this isn't my child and I decided to raise her. Yeah. It was more like, I love this child, like, my own. I want to do what he believes is best for his child, which is for him having a 
couple that is together. Yeah. Rather, even if they're fighting, he'd rather have people that were together than people who are divorced and mm-hmm. not talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think this movie did really well is, like, after watching this, just going back and forth between love and hate, love and hate, it gives you just such a feeling of whiplash, you know? Yeah. Like, my head hurt afterwards, honestly. Just it was, This is honestly a really hard movie to watch. It's also, he does different styles. I don't know if you noticed it. It was a lot more, like, handheld during, like, the... Um, during, like, the earlier portions of the relationship, kind yeah. of, like, this sense of, like, there's something new roiling. It's a lot yeah, much it's not light, structured. It's not lighter colors. Yeah. And then at, in the, like, end portions of the relationship, it's very structured. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of natural light. They spend a lot of time in this, like, sex hotel or yeah. motel or something, and there's no windows. She, she goes in and she's like, there's no windows, so mm-hmm. you're kind of with this artificial lighting yeah. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's really, like, now thinking about it, it's really interesting that they were specifically in the future room, and that's where the director decided to put them, opposed to, like, the Atlantis room that they had. Yeah. Because the whole point is, like, we don't know where their future, like, we know something bad is going to happen with their future between that relationship, but we don't know what it's going to be yet. Yeah, and the reason we put it on this list of, like, couples who don't end up together is because I think, especially I think when I saw the trailer, you kind of are hoping they end up together, they have a child, and when you're watching the movie, you realize... Like, how much both of them have sacrificed to live mm-hmm. this life. Like, Michelle Williams' character, she was supposed to go to... She really wanted to go to medical school, but she became pregnant. Mm-hmm. And now she's a nurse, which isn't a bad career. But, but it's not It's not something she initially thought for yeah. herself. Mm-hmm. And she kind of deals with this husband who is an alcoholic mm-hmm. and who doesn't appreciate her the way she wants to be. And she's also very much used by the men around her. Yeah. Um, she has she has this new job opportunity by her, do- her boss, who's the doctor... And he basically, like, straight up is like, oh, we should hang out when you're up there. That like, in, in so situating, yeah. like, that, that, oh, I want to, like, have sex with you. And like, that's the reason I'm hiring you. Yeah. And she was very taken aback. Mm-hmm. And also, it hints at in the, oh, wait, so the reason why we picked it, I forgot to say. <laughs> so you think, you think you're gonna, you kind of want them in some ways to end up back together. But at the end, you realize how, like, toxic they are to each other. Yeah. They just really don't, they just don't mix, and they shouldn't be together. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I noticed, too, is that when Michelle Williams' character in the past, when she go, goes to get her abortion, they ask her all these questions about, like, when was the first time you had sex? How many sexual partners that you have? And at this point, she's probably, like, 20, maybe 19. Yeah. Not, not very she's old. She's, like, senior and, in high school. Yeah. yeah. So she, like, she says, like, oh, I've had sex when I was 13. I've mm-hmm. had 20 partners since then. And it definitely hints to the fact that she's, Maybe the director's making to the fact that she's always trying to find someone mm-hmm. to fill this like void because her home life isn't that isn't yeah. great. Mm-hmm. But the dad does like in the end of the film, like he definitely supports her more yeah. than he did in like the earlier stages of her life. The dad's mm-hmm. very like verbally abusive yeah. and kind of yells, and you can tell there's a very tense dinner scene where she's she's just trying not to pay attention. Trying, she's trying not to be seen. Yeah, and that's like a lot of it where she's trying not to. be Michelle Williams and Ryan Gosling are really good in this. Yes. Like, definitely one of the... Michelle I mean, Williams is, great, is incredible. Great yeah. movie, but I feel like, it, for me, that's the high point. And, like, yeah, if you don't believe them when you're when they're young, like, you can't yeah. really believe... Um, I think there were definitely, voices. like, some issues. This is an older film. There are some things, like, personally, where they talk about, like, them being together mm-hmm. and things like that that I was just kind of like, oh, it's a little cringy. Um, yeah. But I think... It, they're, they do such a good job of convincing you to kind of be in it with this couple that I think it makes, not makes over, um, you know, counterbalances the kind of other portions of the movie as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. Um, oh, we also want to give out a shout out to the nurses in this who really help Oh, yeah. Because during like the most intense scene, like he the nurses are- drunk to where um, Cindy works, who is Michelle Williams' yeah. character. And he basically just starts, like, yelling at her, yeah. and he's very upset, and the nurses are kind of, like, they're very, very with her. It's women-supporting yeah. women. I know. I'm here for it. I love it. Um, I'm trying to think other things about this movie. I, I I like this movie. I don't think I'd watch it again anytime soon, just yeah, because it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with, and it's also just, like, the movie ends on Ryan Gosling's character. The whole movie, he's kind of fighting for them to stay together. Um, and he ends up, I think, realizing how much, you know, trouble he has put his, his own life to. He and kind of realizes her pain, and this time she's not. Like, he's, he's really crossed the line. He's really crossed yeah. the line. Um, and he, like, kind of walks off, and his daughter's chasing him. That was really sad. Mm-hmm. And then 
it flashes back to when they decided to get married at the course. And you yeah. can see they really are in love, but mm-hmm. I don't think you can definitely know they weren't the couple who were gonna last. Yeah. They were they were in love and they were they were kind of there for each other when they most needed it, but they weren't gonna yeah. be there forever. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you do notice too is that like in the beginning of the film, Cindy runs into her ex boyfriend and Ryan Gosling's character gets like very defensive. And I think when we were watching it, we were like, why is he so defensive? Like it's not yeah. like they're dating anymore. Like and by this point, you had realized she had broken up with him and started seeing Ryan Gosling's character. So you're like, why is he so annoying? And then uh-huh. at the end of the film, you realize the ex-boyfriend in the past, like, beat up Ryan Gosling. And you can see, oh, maybe that's why Ryan Gosling just didn't want her speaking to him. And he was also, like, the ex-boyfriend was also, like, very, like, he would berate Cindy and yeah. call her a whore and yell at her and leave her, like, several messages. He also, like, was not someone she should have been. Yeah. seeing or continuing to that see. seems interesting though at the grocery store because i feel like going back and re-watching that like the conversation between those two it's not as hostile as you'd think it, like uh cindy is like not into that conversation but she's very not, surprised to yeah see it's her. not how i would have expected a conversation like that to go given their yeah history. he also straight up asked her if she's been faithful to her husband yeah which was like <laughs> not something where she was like are you serious and he's like Yes, yeah, I really want to know that. And you can tell, like, he obviously mm-hmm. still pines after her. Yeah. But by the end of the movie, I was just like, like, no, we don't want to. Yeah. Bobby Ontario, no. Mm-hmm. Not a good person. Yeah. As we'll see with, uh, I feel like, most of the movie, or not most of the movies, the one other movie where it's, like, the men in this movie are, like, not good people. Yeah. 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 Okay. Next on to a movie where the men also, not, not, not good, good people. people. But I really like this film. This is Waitress. This is mm-hmm. directed by um, Adriana Shelley. Shelley, who, if you don't know, she plays Dawn in the movie. She also unfortunately passed away. But this was her last film. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I don't know what you thought of it. Because I had seen the musical. They made it into a Broadway musical. So I've seen the musical, and I really oh. liked the musical. And that's why I like suggested this movie, because I yeah. knew it was based off a movie. But I don't know. It was your first time watching it. Yeah. There. It, it took a while to get into, because I started watching it, and I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to like this movie or not. Just because, oh, gosh, I always feel like when you watch a movie and the women in it are like suffering at the very beginning i'm always like oh yeah. my gosh i've got to watch like another hour and a half of this woman just suffering till the end like i don't want to see that uh, but i really did like this movie um it reminded me a little bit of pushing daisies just it, had, it had that aesthetic yeah it was also pie aesthetic. baking yeah that's what i haven't watched pushing daisies yeah. they also bake uh-huh. a lot of pies in that um TV yeah show. so no i do like how she used pie making like whatever she was Trying to get out yeah. of the real world. I thought that was interesting. Also, the shots of pie were, like, so oh, well done. Yeah. Like, you definitely wanted to, like, eat. I wanted pie after mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah. Um, but just horrible men. Like, her boyfriend is horrible. Oh, like her husband. Yeah. Oh, husband, sorry. And, like, the the customers also horrible in this. Yeah, the customers are not nice, but it's mm-hmm. also the food industry. Yeah. Um, so, if you know what this movie is about, this movie follows... Um, I forgot the main character. Jenna. Jenna. Mm-hmm. She... Um, is a waitress at a at a diner and she bakes the pies for the diner and essentially she is pregnant with her husband's child she does not like her husband her husband is very verbally abusive to her and at some points physically abusive mm-hmm. um, and she starts having an affair with her doctor who our male doctor paid played by uh, Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Fillion which I have to admit this movie was so well casted yeah and, like, every character I was watching, I was like, yeah, they're perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jenna's played by Carrie Russell, if you don't know from The Americans, also a great show. And essentially her kind of, what I liked about this film is that it's, it's at her finding her own voice. Yeah. And it's doesn't, it doesn't end with her in a couple. So throughout the movie, definitely, like, even when I watched the musical for the first time, um, you think she's going to end up with the doctor. Like, mm-hmm. the whole time, because you're like, oh, like... And in the movie, it shows, like, she... Re- they really are happy together. Uh-huh. Like, they both are in these kind of marriages that they don't really enjoy, mm-hmm. obviously, for different reasons. Um, and they both have... they Like, Jenna and her doctor have a very, like, special connection. Yeah. But they do not end up together. And she's, she's the one to tell him, like, this is... We're done with this. Yeah, no, I love... I, the ending of this, like, totally pays off for, like all the other horrible things that happened to her throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I love about it is she's liberated not after she gets a huge sum of money, but even before that. Yeah, she so was she, like, she had the baby and she's like, we're done. I don't want to ever see you again. 
said sort of the same thing to the doctor in a nicer way, saying, like, go back to your wife. It was never about someone helping Jenna. It was yeah. about her having people, like, around her made her realize that she was worth something. Because before yeah. she's in this, like, abusive relationship who with, um, I forgot who the, hus- the husband is played by, but he's, like, kind of really gross. He says, I wrote this down in my notes, but, like, he says, you can't love that baby more than you love me. Like, yeah. he's very jealous, very mm-hmm. insecure, and, like, no one likes him. And then, you know, when she starts a relationship with the doctor, she kind of realizes that she's worthy of love. Yeah. And it's not that the doctor shows her this. It's more, like, her personal experience. Yeah, like, no, she ends up finding peace within herself when yeah. she can, like, kind of isolate herself from, like, all the horrible things yeah. that are said. And then it's also about her two friends who also kind of go into different relationships. Um, one, I don't know her name. Oh, it's uh, Becky, Dawn, and... Jenna. And yeah, in so Becky, um, her husband is, I don't know if he was like sick or mentally ill or something like that, but she's the sole breadwinner of the family. Um, and she has, she has an affair. It's not affairs in this movie. Um, she has an affair with the cook who you think like in the beginning of the movie is kind of like this bad guy, but she's like, he's not really like, he makes me feel wanted. Yeah. And she's like, that doesn't mean I don't love my husband. Like I will mm-hmm. stick with him to the end, but I need someone to make me feel wanted. Yeah, so they're, like, in this weird relationship. Yeah, and it's sort of the same thing with, um, Je- yeah, with Jenna, where she's, like, the doctor makes her feel heard. Yeah, like, heard. Listen to. Listen to, which is, like, really mm-hmm. important. And then Dawn, which I think has the most problematic relationship. Um, I like Dawn as a character. I think she's really funny. Yeah. I think Adriana Shelley, like, plays her so well, so perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, her boyfriend is Ogie. He's a little pushy. Very pushy. He's very pushy. He's the one showing up the restaurant, will not take no for an answer. answer. Which is definitely, like, this movie was made in what year? Or oh, released? This, this was made in uh, 2007. 2007. So it's definitely, like, an old-fashioned technique of, like, oh, like, girls want guys who, you know, don't give up. And this was the same thing with Blue Valentine as well. Like, yeah. It was this ideal that... You know, men don't hear no for an answer. That's supposed to be romantic. And I remember watching this, especially with Ogie, where she was like, I don't want to see you stop talking to me. He's like, no, I'm not going to take that. And it was very cringy for me to be like, no, like, men should listen to women yeah, when they say no. Yeah, definitely doesn't, doesn't work for the time and anymore. And it def- definitely doesn't work for her. I think they do a little bit better in the musical. I think they kind of ease off him being so pushy. As, like, I remember when I was watching this, I was so shocked by, like, what he was saying. when He yeah. was like, nope. Like, I'm, I'm staying, I'm going to be her every day. And eventually, like, the whole thing is that he, like, wears her down, and she, like, truly does love him in the end. Yeah, but it's and, still... But her, her friends are ambivalent about it, too. It's not like mm-hmm. everyone in the movie is like, oh, that's so cute, we're so happy to you. Like, Jenna was kind of like, oh, that like, weird guy who wouldn't say yeah. no. And eventually, like, they realize how serious Dawn is about him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was definitely, I think, a point, if they remade this movie today, that that would definitely yeah, they would be, totally change. They that. would change. I think they would mm-hmm. keep his character. I just don't think they would have the same outcome. The same outcome yeah. of what happened, or they wouldn't make him so pushy. They would kind of make him respect the boundaries and have her. I feel like come to her own terms of liking him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that was one thing that I was like, I was like, oh, that that's not that's not good. Yeah. No. And also, uh, just the husband said so many things where it's like, this is horrible. Like, no. The husband was like, there's terrible. one part I wrote down where I guess like they're in the car together and Jenna's like sad probably because obviously she doesn't want to be with him and he says, give me a smile, Jenna. Like, stop. He also yeah. constantly honks his horn in the movie. Yeah. If you can't, there's an ambulance uh, going on right now, <laughs> so excuse us for that. We live by a hospital. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, there's a, um, he's always honking his horn, which is, like, so obnoxious, and no one liked it. It's also, yeah. like, his, like, siren call. Like, you know it's him yeah. when that stupid I was, horn. I was gonna mention that, because in this movie, honking the horn is seen as very obnoxious, but in another movie, another character does the same thing, and it's not seen as obnoxious, so we'll get to that we'll later. We'll get to that, we'll get to so, definitely, yeah. um, one of my favorite shots of the whole movie is that, I think it's when she first hooks up with... Um, her doctor, she has this constant smile on her face. Yeah. And they go to, like, shot after shot of her smiling. I love that, yeah. I really like that. I think Kara Russell does, like, such a good job of portraying, like, Jenna's pain, but also, like, the, the like, small joys that she finds in, like, yeah. eating her pies mm-hmm. and in being with oh, uh, Dr. Doctor. Jim. Dr. Jim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and as you said before, the movie ends. Uh, she, she had, fr- she... In the movie, she always decides to have the child. They live in, you assume they live in, like, a southern place. That's kind of not something she would have done. 
And in the end, she talks about how she's... In the whole movie, she's like, I'm not going to love this child. She's like, I don't love the the man I had this child with. I'm not going to love this child. But like, she keeps on writing to the child. She writes yeah. these letters to the child, basically saying, like, I'm sorry about, like, what's going to happen in your life. But, like, yeah. this is what happens. Like, she's not telling the child the truth. And in the end, as soon as she sees the child, she's she, kind of yeah. like, yeah, I have to protect mm-hmm. you. And that kind of wakes her up to be like, I not only have to protect myself, like... I need, to, I need to do what's best for me to do what's best for my child. Yeah, and then she goes on to have, like, a great pie shop. So I oh, love yeah, the, that. Oh, the nasty customer who no one oh, likes. There's yeah. a customer. Is his name Joe? Yeah, I think his name Joe. is Joe. Old Joe. Old Joe, who, like, no one likes serving in the diner. Um, but Jenna is, always serves him and always does, like, what's right. And he obviously, like, like in the movie, it's, like, it's everyone kind of knows Jenna has a bad mm-hmm. husband. But no one knows how bad it is yeah. until... Don eventually gets married to Ogie, who was the very pushy guy. Um, and the husband, like, has, I think at that point, had found, either had found the money or had realized something was going on um, and comes into, like, the diner where they're having the wedding and, like, flips over chaos, chairs, stops, starts yelling at Jenna, and everyone's like, oh, this is how bad your husband yeah. is. Like, everyone kind of jokes about it in the movie, like, oh, Jenna has a terrible husband. And I think she downplays it to have people realize, like, it's not, it's kind of worse than what they think. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, so Joe realizes that and he's always been kind of, like, weak, not nice he's, to her, but he's, he's always... He's been an interesting character, because from the beginning, you're like, oh, I hate this guy, like, he's, he's an old so, man. he's such a picky, like, customer. Yeah. But, like, as the movie progresses, you kind of realize that, like, oh, him and Jenna, they have this kind of relationship, because Joe doesn't seem like he's got anyone in his life, and just yeah. sort of hangs around the diner and kind of just pays attention and can recognize, like, oh, like, I can tell you're pregnant. Yeah, um, yeah. And just can see everything that's going on. Uh, and you end up just kind of really, like, really liking Joe at the end. Like, he's not Joe the dies. bad guy that uh, you think he is. Joe dies yeah. in the end. And he, but he leaves, I think, the diner? Because that's Joe owns a bunch of shops around town. Mm-hmm. One of them is a diner. Um, and he leaves it to Jenna, and Jenna opens her pie shop. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very... I really liked this film. I think it, it mm-hmm. did a... She did a very good job. Of yeah, it. no, absolutely. Um, <laughs> oh, the one thing I wrote down, um, th- there's one line where they're like, oh, you should open a pie shop where someone needs it, like New Jersey. And oh, I yeah. live in New Jersey, and I just have to say, New Jersey has the most diners out of all the states in America, so. Maybe they need a pie shop. We've, got, we've got good pies. I'm here to say it, but yeah. great movie. Really, so, really enjoy it. Yes, on the list, the couple does not end up together. I think they really did love each other, though. I don't. I don't think they should have ended up together, um, but I think they they really did. Like I think that scene when when she's teaching him how to bake the pie. That was so. That cute. was it. Was yeah. really beautiful because she talks about being held by someone mm-hmm. who you know just wants to hold you and doesn't want yeah. anything else. Because Jenna has always been used, whether that was from her father or her husband. And if this is, like, the first person who just wanted to be with her just because of her. Yeah, and the doctor even got her, like, a gold pan. Like, they did have a really cute relationship, but um, she, she just knew that she had to be, like, alone. Self-sufficient. Yes, exactly, self-sufficient. Which is very good. Yeah. So um, definitely um, one of the, the better endings out of all. If he was single, so I would have appreciated it. But alas, yeah. he was married. Yeah, yeah. It's not a good relationship. Um, okay, so our <laughs> next... Film. Is Up in the Air from 2009, uh, director uh, Jason Rittman. Yes, he's done other films. I looked him up. Um, oh, yes, Ghostbuster, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, yes. Men, Women, Children. He's also done um, two episodes of The Office. Oh, and Juno. Juno, that was yeah. the song. That was the yeah. song I was like, oh, I've seen. Gotcha, yeah. It's beautiful. Whatever that other movie was, not very good. <laughs> Juno was very good. Uh-huh. I was surprised this was the same director as Juno. I think that's yeah. why I wanted to mention it. Mm-hmm. And they're both tonally, I think, very different. Um, and I could, I should say for people who don't up in the air, up in the air is about it stars George Clooney, um, Anna Kendrick. I think one of her kind of breakout roles. Yeah. She was nominated for an Oscar for this film. And mm-hmm. Vera Farmiga, I think mm-hmm. that's her name. Um, George Clooney basically plays this character who his job is to fire people. He works for an HR company that sends people out to fire them instead of having like the bosses of the company actually do it. So he travels all around the world, and he really enjoys not being home. He likes yeah. the idea of traveling, and, and he wants to get these 10 million miles. And um, when first watching this film, when, as soon as it started, I was like, fuck, I'm going to hate this film. Because I just some reason, the beginning, like, five minutes were just so hectic. Like, the beginning credits 
they reminded me of a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> the song was, like, really cheesy. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, no, like, I, I, I've seen this film before. And I was like, I don't remember it being, like, cheesy and weird. And then, like, the first couple shots where he's, like, you know, packing his suitcase. And he has this very, like, arrogant voice it was like oh my god there were so many edits for him packing his suitcase i literally got whiplash i was like why are there like 20 cuts Mm -hmm. for him just to pack a suitcase but if you if you ignore the suitcase it gets much better yeah no i kind of felt the same way because this is the first time i watched it and it took me a really long time just to get into it because i was like okay george characters george clooney's character is so annoying like this job it's so unrelatable like who has this job and I was originally like, just who wants to live like this? Yeah, yeah. But then I was talking to my mom about the movie because she's seen it. And she's like, oh, I know so many people like that who just want to fly like, all the time and don't want to be up in the, or don't want to go back to their houses. And I'm like, that's I think crazy. also this movie very, I think it was very smart casting with George Clooney. Uh, they're obviously like, he's, he's a very big, you know, celebrity sort of thing. It plays into the fact that he for a very long time was just a bachelor mm-hmm. and was just kind of dating people and was never really in one place. And he's, he's very similar in some cases mm-hmm. to the character. And I think it plays very nicely. I think to, to like, they're both similar. It's a very good, I think it's a very good role for him to take yeah, on. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, another reason why I was just like thrown off at the beginning was I don't like how Anna Kendrick's character was portrayed in the beginning because I feel like they made her look really stupid. I think that was the point. She's 23. Yeah, I know. But- th- okay, so in the film, the reason we put this on our, like, couples who might don't end up together is because George Clooney and Vera Farmiga's character named Alex. Oh, uh, George name? Clooney's character, uh, his name is Ryan. Ryan, oh my God, of yeah, course. Ryan, Alex, and Natalie. Yes, so Ryan and Alex start a relationship basically where anytime they meet up, um, Alex has a different job that she also has to fly around for. It. And having meet up, they basically like get together and they have a very good like rapport. Um, obviously, they don't end up together as this is the podcast called, <laughs> but they also like show how young um, Natalie is. Like Natalie mm-hmm. talks about, she's like at twenty three. I wanted to have a corner office, married, maybe a child, and I'm like I'm twenty two right now. I literally cannot imagine having yeah. any of those things. Mm-hmm. And both, like, the other two characters, um, Ryan and Alex, are, like, uh, supposedly, you know, both unmarried, both don't really have relationships, don't have children. But know a lot about their jobs. Yeah, but know know a lot about their jobs, but also know a lot more about life. Like, they're not looking for the same things Natalie is. But does George Clooney's character know about life? Do they? He knows some. He knows how to talk to people. He knows how to talk to people, but I feel like... Ryan's life is very just... He, well, it's very isolated. Very his, isolated. his sisters mentioned that. Like, yeah. he's not very close with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie essentially follows... So Natalie is kind of like... She represents, I feel like, this younger, more technical, savvy generation. So George Clooney's job is usually done when he fires people. It's all in person. She decides to introduce um, more of like a webcam surface, which I think would eventually have happened. It's mm-hmm. not like crazy to think that this would happen. Um, and he's like, you have no idea what it's like to fire someone. Like, it's it's in person for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was like, you should, you need to come along. I need to make sure you know how to do this before you decide to implement it. So the movie kind of, I feel like, really picks up place, pace when they're together, kind of yeah. butting heads and things like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it flowed a lot more after that. Like, I really enjoyed the, just, the conversation between Ryan, Ryan, Alex, and Natalie. Like, yeah. when all three of them were on together. screen together, like, I thought that was really I think good. it worked very well. Mm-hmm. I also, like, Ryan's character, especially in the beginning, was fairly unlikable. Yeah, no, and he you, was really unlikable. Like, you can tell, like, it's one of these films where you're like, okay, the main character is good change. He's yeah. very, like, arrogant, always has to be right. He's very luxury to Natalie, and maybe it's that whole, like, he's older, she's younger, he's trying to, like, teach her the ropes sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um... And Natalie is, like, very analytical. He's very, like, poetic about his job. He has that whole speech about, like, he's like, oh, what do we do? And he's like, we have to, you know, bring them out of limbo and shove them in a boat. And he does all these metaphors. And I was like, oh, my God, this is actually ridiculous. (laughs) No, he basically does, uh, he's paid to tell people how to, like, be by themselves. Yes. (laughs) Which is, he is by himself. So I guess he really embodies Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, so if you don't know spoilers for this film, George Clooney and um, Ryan and Alex um, have always been together. He, like, I think through Natalie realizes that he wants more. So throughout the film, he's kind of like, I don't want children. I don't want to mm-hmm. get married. 
And Natalie's like, why don't you want someone with you? Like, you don't, you, sh- you can't be satisfied with the life you're living right now. And he kind of realizes through her, she kind of like rubbed off on him. He's like, I do kind of, he's like, doesn't, maybe doesn't want to get married, but he does want someone. Yeah. And he, you know, takes Alex to his sister's wedding. And then at the end, he's like, you know what? I want to go like fight for this girl. And you yeah. think, and at that point, you think it's going to be like every other romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, he's going to go. She lives in Chicago. He goes to visit her in Chicago and as soon as she opens the door you're like okay they're gonna like kiss in the snow it's gonna be great (laughs) and then she opens the door and there are children running around she's she's wearing a wedding ring and she has a whole family and that's he didn't know that she never said anything no total plot twist like I didn't see that coming at all me neither and I was at the point where like I really did want Alex and Ryan to be together so I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I did feel so bad for Ryan because even at the end, he he, he, he changed. Got, he, he no, he changed and he got his points, but he was like, I don't want this anymore. I yeah. realized that this won't make me happy. Yeah. Um, um also, yeah, and then um so at the end, like he he decides, like, you know, he likes traveling, but I think he decides he's gonna travel for like a place where he wants to go, not necessarily where he has to go to do his job. Mm-hmm. And Natalie, on the other hand, um, starts with you know she kind of starts out this very like naive company she she goes so the company takes place in omaha nebraska she's 23 mm-hmm. everyone's like why the hell are you in omaha nebraska of all places mm-hmm. and she follows a boy the boy breaks up with her in the movie and she also like realizes the toll it takes to fire people yeah um unfortunately in the film one of the people that they fire kills herself um, oh, in the same way that she that. says she does. Yeah. The film, she goes, oh, I'm going to, there's a bridge by my house. I'm going to jump off it. Yeah, that was And terrible. Natalie gets really shaken. And George Clooney's character is like, like, people say things like this. Like, this mm-hmm. happens. And she actually does do it, unfortunately. And so Natalie decides to quit. She can't handle it. Um, and the movie ends with her hiring, which I thought was, like, really nice. The movie begins with, you know, people getting fired. And it yeah. ends with her hiring. It also ends with... The people who were who were fired throughout the film kind of talking about what they're going to do next, mm-hmm. but also talking about how, like, even though they're fired, this isn't everything. Like, they have people to go back to, and I think that was yeah. the main theme of the film. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be, you know, physically or not, like, tangibly successful in the sense that he has, like, his 10 million miles, but he also had no one to talk to. He yeah. had no one to go back to. Mm-hmm. The other part of the movie that I really enjoyed was the wedding scene when uh, Ryan has to go convince the yeah. fiancé. He uses, like, his... You know, customer service, you know, uh, selling voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. Um, just a funny point, Natalie talks about how once her, her boyfriend breaks up with her, she's kind of talking to Alex and Ryan, and she's like, you know, I wanted, I wanted this. She's like, this is the type of guy I wanted. She's like, he, his name has to be one syllable. <laughs> um, you know, he works in finance. He has a dog. He's taller than me. He has a nice smile. And then, like, Alex says what she wants to have, and she's like, he could have hair. Doesn't matter. Like, you know, has a nice smile. That's the thing that kind of mm-hmm. stays. And she's like, oh, I want someone who, like, has a job. She's, and, like, kind of things like that. And kind of just, like. Just the, low bar stuff. Low bar yeah. stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, like, Natalie's like, that's depressing. And yeah, no, also really she's just, describing, like, every person. I yeah, know. really just things in life that, like, make you seem like you have your act together. Except for the one syllable. Like, you got to be born with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one syllable name, like you can change it, but this movie just made me so stressed out about the future. Oh, Did you feel so that stressed. way? It was just like it's also like she just easily like quits her job and she applies back to the place where she had originally turned down a job in San Francisco, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna hire you back." And I was like, "I know oh. life is not this easy." Yeah, gosh, I wish I wish it were that easy. <laughs> I wish. Oh, the other thing I wrote down was um, when Ryan goes to um, Alex's house. She calls him a parenthesis, and I was like, oh, my gosh. A what? Like, oh, you're just a parenthesis oh, in my yeah, life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she was, was harsh to him. Yeah, that was kind of club, clever writing, I thought. I thought it was clever. Also, I, I liked Alex's character. I, I was yeah. afraid she was going to be kind of written as just kind of like a one-note mm-hmm. female character who's only there to, like, you know, show the male character that he should live life, which happens a lot. Mm-hmm. But she kind of has her own agenda, and she yeah. has her own mm-hmm. say, as well as Natalie, like, She's not just there to show, like... She's not just there to drive the plot along, which sometimes... Which a lot of characters. movies is, like, it's a lot of... Especially, like, these two characters could have been written as female characters who just drive our main male character to, you know, realize his life is different. But and he kind of does that on his own. He, yeah, though there's much more dynamic between yeah. these three. No, absolutely. Yeah, so I think, you know, don't don't knock the movie. It could it could be it could have been much worse, and it was much better than 
I yeah. thought it was going to. Uh, yeah, I ended up enjoying it a lot. And then our next film is another Ryan Gosling film. We're two Ryan Gosling films in. If you don't know a movie where they don't end up together, and it's a Ryan Gosling film. Um, it's La La Land. Uh, from 2016 yeah. with uh, director Damien Chazelle. The iconic uh, Oscar. Best Oscar. picture winner for about uh, two, two minutes. minutes. Oh, um, so iconic. This is just, I at least to me, this is one of the most uplifting films of the decade until it's absolutely not anymore, which is at the very end. I thought um, it was uplifting at the end. Yeah, it was like, I don't know. It was just very bittersweet. It's I a think. bittersweet ending. Well, I think, I think it was the ending that they both deserve. So if you don't know what yeah. this film is about... It was very big. Um, honestly, it's probably known more for the fact that it won an, it by, was by accident given the Best Picture Oscar. Um, and then Moonlight won, as it should have. Claren, I love Moonlight. I think it deserved the win. La La Land, I disagree. I really like La La I really like La La Land. Are we going to fight about this right now? Uh, we're not going to fight about it. I'm just saying if I was an Oscar voter, I would have gone with La La Land. Okay, so Claire votes La La Land. Elena votes Moonlight. Just know this right now. Um, but let's, we're not talking about no, that. No, no, today we're talking about, not the divide between me and Elena. We're talking the, about the divide between Sebastian and Mia. Yeah, so if you don't know, Mia is a struggling actress in L.A., like every other person apparently in L.A. Um, and she has a very lovely apartment yeah. for four people living there. <laughs> don't know where she's affording that money in the coffee shop. Um, Actually, such a good point. It really is. So, yeah, this is a very dreamlike, exaggerated version of L.A. Everything, I have to admit, I love the cinematography yeah. of this entire film. Mm-hmm. It was, I think Damien Chazelle definitely was very well directed, mm-hmm. but I think he does a, the best director. That was a very stacked year. Yeah, We're no, not talking absolutely. about that. Yeah. We're, I'm so bitter over Claire's vote for La La Land. Oh my Land. god, I'm so sorry. Um, but no, I agree with your point that like it mixes fantasy and reality just so smoothly. Yeah, and if you've seen a lot of like movie musicals, they definitely, he plays very good homage to it without yeah. straight up like taking things from it. He's paying respect to it. Mm-hmm. There's another ambulance going by. If you can hear that, go ahead. Um, yeah, so Mia's a struggling actress. Actress? Oh, it's getting real loud. Okay, I think, it, I think it's not as loud. Um, so Mia's a struggling actress. Sebastian is a struggling jazz um, musician, they're both white. If you don't know that, like, it's it's how there, it is. Yeah, no, there was just a lot of controversy about um, the character Sebastian wanting Which, to save jazz. I think uh, it's it's given the so Sebastian, he's like this jazz purist, um, and he obviously he has a very deep respect for jazz, mm-hmm. but historically, jazz is an African American, you know, music. That's where it started. Um, and you have a, you do have an African American um, John Legend. Yeah, see that's what he plays. I think that's where it kind of he did it wrong. I think if he had made John Legend's character not the antithesis of mm-hmm. Sebastian's jazz, so yeah. like John Legend in the movie, he kind of plays Sebastian's old friend, kind who of is more mainstream. Yeah. He's kind of he's a villainized in the way we're like, oh, he's not a jazz purist. He's making jazz into something new. Mm-hmm. Which I'm gonna be honest, I liked his songs. I thought they were very catchy. Yeah, and I think he is doing something new. And he talks about how he's like Sebastian, like how he's supposed to be revolutionary. You know. If you're in the past, and he makes that really good point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Sebastian is seen as this hero of someone who is, you know, he's a jazz purist. He's, you know, that the new stuff is bad. Jazz should be just how it is. People should just like it. Yeah. But he's white, and he doesn't understand, like, the history of it is mm-hmm. he should not be saving it because he's yeah. not no, part that of that history. definitely, like, a very interesting choice made. And I think, if anything, as I was rewatching it, I was like, it kind of goes with Sebastian's character. Yeah. He's this very arrogant, purist, white mm-hmm. boy. And if you, like, I know people, it's like, it's like the, like, men cinephiles, you know? Oh, yeah. He very yeah. much reminded me of them. Mm-hmm. And, like, I am right and everyone else is wrong. If a man's seen Pulp Fiction, he knows more than you, Elena. That's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so if... I think if you're seeing Sebastian's character in that light, then yeah, it makes sense that he's yeah. like, I think mm-hmm. it makes sense. If you're seeing him as like a hero for jazz, then it, it really doesn't mm-hmm. make sense and it, it kind of downplays what jazz has been through. Yeah. But no, going back to the romance of it all, the one thing, because the... Sorry, I is, thought we should mention Yeah, no, that. of course, but um, the jazz did play such an important role very in like, the passion. Because the the whole music thing, was a very big yeah, role. Yeah, because the whole point, I feel like, was like, 
both Mia and Sebastian had like these great passions, and it's like ambition to do what they want drives them together, but it's also the same thing that ends up driving them apart at the end. Yeah. So throughout the movie, you know, they they start off with this meet cute and on LA and traffic. You know, the movie starts out oh, with this such movie. a good scene. It Another was, day of sun. That's a great that song. That is a great song. It starts off, and you don't even see your characters for the first. They're not singing mm-hmm. for the first. Um, scene. They have some meet cute in LA traffic and then they meet again mm-hmm. when Sebastian's fired. You know how it is. And then they meet again. They have like the third time meeting and that's when they have that song. Um, it's for the poster as well if you've seen the poster. It's like them in like the LA Oh, uh, what a waste of a lovely night. Mm-hmm. Lovely night. I really, I really like that yeah. scene. It's funny. Like all the songs that weren't nominated for best original song. I like better. <laughs> I like better. Yeah, because it, well, I wrote it down. It was um... City of Stars oh, was nominated. The audition and song won. and City of Stars. And City of Stars is probably my least favorite out of all of them. I agree. I think like, it's also because, um, if you don't know, they famously, not famously, this has been done before. Um, they sang, you know, live on set, I believe. Um, and I think the thing about, like, um, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling is that they're not professional singers, nor are they professional dancers. And for me going into this, I was like, I wasn't expecting them to be. And I thought they were like, you know, they were great dancers. They were, like, good singers for how they are. They're not Broadway singers. But I feel like, yeah, this movie, it didn't require a Broadway singer. Like, that's not really what it was going for, I thought. No, I definitely, like, knew people who were, like, I thought they would be better dancers. Like, if you're, oh, yeah. you're going to make a movie musical, and I think this is definitely what it was advertised as, I think I definitely knew, like, I had friends who were, like, oh, like, I was expecting it to be, you know, like, West Side Story, they hired, you know, like, very famous like not famous um you know professional dancers and like you can see that West Side Story has his own thing yeah but um, I just think it was interesting that because I know uh, musicals do have a certain formula where it's like like Les Mis and Phantom of the Opera where like the big things happen during the song and dance yes. sequences where I thought it was interesting with La La Land and it's different that uh during like the it would just be like interludes yeah I feel like the songs like they didn't also... really play a role in moving the plot forward, which I kind of enjoyed. It was, like, I think refreshing a I think bit. the songs were also artistic breaks. Yeah. The movie, I think, when they're not singing, are, is very kind of, you know, straightforward. Um, and I think anytime they sing um, Damien Chazelle, I think it's a very good job of kind of, like, bringing you back to old movie musicals, but also mm-hmm. putting a very, like, fantastical and whimsical yeah. feel about it, which is something I really enjoyed. Like, I I smile when I watch this film. I think oh, it was... yeah. Like, it definitely makes you feel like, oh, I love love. Like, that's definitely... When I'm watching this, like, it's very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna talk about the epilogue scene, because it's about, like, nine minutes long. Yeah, it's pretty it's long. the main dance sequence. Yeah, uh, so... I just think it's beautiful. Like, I think... Yeah, the, it was very well the done. The music in this, like, not the songs, but, like, the score in this... Uh, score was very well amazing. done. It really adds to the plot. Mm-hmm. Um... So, so in the film, we'll, we'll get to the epilogue, but basically they, they date, um, you know, Ryan Gosling goes with, um, what's his face, uh, John Legend's character to go play music, and Mia's kind of like, like, this isn't what you wanted, you know, like, uh-huh. but he's like, I need money, like, I need yeah. some way to make a living, and mm-hmm. she's also really struggling as an actress, she does this one-woman show that, like, no one shows up to, even her boyfriend doesn't. Her friends show up. Her now. friends, and but, I'm, like. I'm always happy about that. That's her true, her friends show up. Show up. Um, but Sebastian doesn't show up, and I think at that point, that was kind of the breaking point, where mm-hmm. she's kind of like, you're not doing your dream, you're just, like, you know, trying to make money, and, like, you're not even here supporting me. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, and for him, it was like, he asked her to go on tour with him. Yeah. And that was like, she's like, oh, I'm not going to put off my dream to go on tour with you, mm-hmm. even for something that you don't necessarily want to do. Mm-hmm. And that breaks them up. Um, and then... They don't, they don't get back together after that point. They do have you who think they're going to get back together, which is when, um, you know, Ryan Gosling's character, they used to share an apartment, hears back from someone who saw the one-woman show yeah. and was like, oh, oh we're someone in. in a cra- someone in the crowd. Very one good person, The casting director. The yeah. casting director, he's like, oh, we thought she was really interesting. She should come to this audition. And he goes back home because she kind of de- defeated, goes home. And he convinces her to go do the audition. And she talks about, this is the audition song. Um, her aunt who used, to, who used to live in Paris, and it's, I really like that song, actually. Yeah, that's a great song. Um, she gets the job, and then she goes to Paris, and he stays back. And then mm-hmm. you get this end scene where, you know, she's now a famous actress. It kind of mimics the beginning part where, yeah. you know, she, uh, in the beginning, a famous actress comes and, like, tips, you know, Mia's character at the coffee shop, and now it's the roles are reversed. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the famous actress now. And, you know, she has a husband, she has a child, she, they decide to go out in the city, and they go to this bar, and 
guess this jazz bar, and guess who is playing the piano? Is it Ryan Gosling? It is oh Ryan Gosling's God. character, and he has the jazz bar that he's been talking about like the entire movie yeah <laughs> and then they both look at each other and he starts to play city of stars and then this whole nine minute epilogue scene happens where it's like what would happen if they had gone together and it's like, earlier yeah and it's all shot in like a very soft like topia it's very like artsy you know yeah. all mm-hmm. the scenes are exaggerated or you know, stripped down either either or kind of. To, it's just mesmerizing to watch. It, is, it was a very, it was very. Yeah. I don't know how he thought of it. It was very well done. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, like this was Damien Chazelle's passion project. Like this is the movie that I, you he could always see, wanted to make. I think you can definitely see the passion. Mm-hmm. That's something you can like see when you're watching it. It's like yeah. that's fun to watch when you see clearly someone had enjoyed themselves when mm-hmm. making this. Um, and at the end, it's just, I feel like I felt the epilogue was like if this was a happy ending sort of movie this is where, like, the girl gets the guy, this is what would have happened. But mm-hmm. no, this is more about, this isn't about them being together. This is about them achieving their dreams. Yeah. And in the end, they both, and that's why I think this is a happy ending, and that's mm-hmm. why I don't think they should be together. Because if they were together like they were in the epilogue, mm-hmm. he would never have achieved his dream. And she, yeah. he would have sacrificed his dream for hers, which I did appreciate in the film. That mm-hmm. it wasn't, like, the other way around, which is it normally. Um... But in the end, like, he gets, he gets, and they have this look at the end where they're both kind of like, see where we are. Yeah. Look, look at us now. Who would have thought? You see, know that? I, I never took it that way. I oh, always, really? Yeah, no, I always thought it was just sad because I was thinking, like, I wonder if leaving there, like, is she really satisfied with this guy she's with? Like, and, um, I mean, not that that matters, but it's like, they've achieved their dreams. Like, what happens now? Are they both happy? I think they are. Okay. I, like, I interpret it as, you know, like, this movie, and it talks about, like, a lot of the marketing ones, it was also, like, they're dreamers, it's mm-hmm. L.A., dreamer yeah. city, whatever, um, and the whole, I think the whole point of it was both of their individual journeys, not necessarily yeah. the fact, and the fact that they happened to be in love was a great love story, mm-hmm. I thought it was, like, great, but, you know, they, they weren't meant to be. I just think it was very open-ended, like, I honestly think, like, after they left, it could have gone both ways, where, like, yeah. now they're just both thinking, like, now that they both have achieved their dreams, it was one of those things where, oh, this was just bad timing on both of their parts, and now that we have achieved of. our dreams, we want to be together. I feel like the bad time definitely reminds me of, like, Marriage Story, yeah. at the end of mm-hmm. Marriage Story, um, which we might talk about in another further episode, so we won't talk about it now. Yeah. But, yeah, I really liked, I liked this film. Um, I saw it on my birthday, Aww. like, four years ago. Yeah. So, um, it, was, it was really nice. Um, mm-hmm. I do have to say the one thing that annoyed me is... Um, he does this sequence where, like, he'll spin the camera around. And just personally, I'm not a fan of, like, very in-depth moving. And this would happen a lot in 1917 as well. But okay. that's because it was one take where, like, he just full-on swings the camera. Yeah. Which, like, I, a lot of directors do this. I just think in this one where he does it, like, a full, like, you know, 360 degrees, I was like, I'm nauseous, man. Stop. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's, that's, fair, that's, that's my one nitpick. And I think, yeah. I, I think, like, watching it back, I definitely have more appreciation for it than when I did before. I just really, the first time I watched this, it was in the middle of um, the the last the last election. So I kind of needed something to really, I really needed some happiness to cling on to at that time. So I feel like that's also one of the reasons yeah. that. Well, my older sister hated this film. She's like, it was so bad. Really? Yeah, I definitely, the first, yeah, the first time I saw it, I think I was hyped up too much. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, this is, a, like, not saying this is a good film. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, is it, I don't think it's as good as what everyone is saying. And. Like, nor is it, like, the most amazing film I've ever seen, but I think it's definitely up there. I think I definitely respect and, like, appreciate the craft that went into it. Yeah. And Emma Stone was, like, very Yeah, no, very she was good. I do think this is one of those movies where a lot of movies these days, just because of, like, how social media is, is a lot of people love the movie, and then there's the backlash against the movie because yeah, it's cool, yeah. like, not to, like, blah, blah, blah. But, no, I have seen or heard people who, like, genuinely think, Which is oh, fine. this you is do a horror you. movie. Yeah, of course, of you course. Mm-hmm. Um, and our last film, which is the most recent film on our mm-hmm. list, Claire and I just saw it, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is a French film mm-hmm. by uh, Celine Chiamo, who, if you don't know, she directed, she had a movie a couple years back called Girlhood, which I haven't seen, but I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of at least what put me for her, like, put her on the map for me. This film was amazing. Such a good movie. I'm so angry. Believe, that. like, when I, for La Land, don't believe the hype. For this movie, believe, believe the, the hype. hype. Of course, believe the hype. I'm just so angry that the Oscars didn't, sub- or not the Oscars, France. France didn't submit this for their movie for the Oscars. So I feel like this would have been nominated for more stuff than Les Mis was. 
I haven't seen Les Mis. I really wouldn't know. Um, okay, I uh, haven't either, but this was just such a good movie. <laughs> okay. Um, so if you don't know what this movie is about, it's set, I think, in the 18th century, and basically um, we have this family, or this mother had hired a portress, a painter, I'm going to say a, a painter, painter yeah. a painter um, named Helen, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Eloise. Eloise is uh, maybe her actual like. Wait, it's Eloise and then Mary Ann. Um, and Eloise is the one who's being painted. No, no, so I'm talking about the other one, the painter. Oh, the painter is Mary Ann. Mary Ann, sorry about that. Oh yeah. Um, so this woman hires a painter, Mary Ann, to paint her daughter, who is getting married to. Well, no, it's getting married. Who is like prospect to be married to this guy in Milan in Italy. Um. And he needs to see a portrait of her before he decides to marry her. Um, but unfortunately, the last person who came, like, she wouldn't sit for a portrait. She doesn't want to get married. Mm-hmm. So she kind of has to paint her in secret and kind of just observe her. So the daughter, whose name is Eloise, just thinks the mom hired this woman to be her walking companion. Because it's it's implied in the film that Eloise's... Um, her sister older sister committed suicide, suicide because she didn't want to by jumping off a cliff. So now she won't. Um, Eloise is not allowed outside alone. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, she's hired as a walking companion. Yeah, and she just has to, like longingly look at this woman, and slowly they like fall in love. Yeah, no, it's a lot of very subtle, um, very subtle, subtle actions, like yeah. a lot of just gazing from afar at the other person. Uh, just a really good slow burn film. Slow burn, um, that's true. And I feel like this one kind of captures love the best out of everything we've seen so far. I agree, I agree. Just because, um, especially there's one scene where um, Marianne is just saying, oh, I can tell like you bite your lip when you're angry, or you blink when you don't know what to say. I'm, I'm not sure if it was exactly that, but yeah, yeah. just things of that nature. Where they've noticed each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was, it was really beautiful. I think... Um, Celine did a beautiful job directing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I watched a thing where, or I read an article where it was about like, how she very much wanted to evoke an 18th century painting, which I think mm-hmm. she did a really good job. Yeah. There are some really great scenes. A lot of great Walking on the shots. beach, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, long, wider shots of them kind of, like, standing. One of my favorite shots is, um, so they have a, a servant girl who becomes pregnant and wants to get an abortion, and she has to eat these, like, weeds, so they're looking for the weeds, and then at first it's just this shot of, like, kind of, like, wheat or something. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all three of them pop up. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. It was kind of, like, humorous, but also really uh-huh. great. I also love when they're walking in, like, the sunset. Yeah. In the background. Oh, so it was beautiful. Just, it was all so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing, I just loved... Um, women artists are rarely shown in movies, I feel like. So yes. I really like just I agree. showing that. I also... There are essentially almost zero men in this movie. Yeah. Men don't even have... I think there's a guy with maybe one line. Mm-hmm. Maybe two. It's two two guys with two lines. And they're basically just people carrying her her painting stuff to where she's going to stay, where Marion oh, is going to stay. And that was such a great scene, though, where, like, her canvas falls into the ocean and yeah. she has to jump in after it. And that's still, like, just the very beginning. That's the very beginning mm-hmm. of the film when she's, you know, going to um, Eloise's kind of house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, yeah, so it's, like, it's very like, woman-centered, but it wasn't even, like, I noticed it was woman-centered until after I watched it. Just, it was very natural. Yeah, Everything it was, it was, was natural to be that way. You weren't mm-hmm. questioning where the men were. You were just kind of like, of course, like, they're kind of isolated on this mm-hmm. island. Of course there would be, you know, no one there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite parts about this movie is they're talking about this one Greek story, or, or ancient Greek story, where uh, this husband goes into hell to get the, the wife back. If you don't know, the story is um, Orpheus and Eurydice. Yeah, um... And the husband, he has to lead the wife out of hell, but he can't look back. So the husband just had one job not to look back at the wife. And we went over this story in class. And they, one of the characters even talks about it saying, oh, like, why did that happen? Like, why doesn't he just keep on looking forward? And um, I think it was Marianne brings up that it's because he just loved the or he loves his wife so much that he just couldn't help but to turn around. And I just thought that was a very interesting take on the story that I've never heard before. Yeah, I agree. And also, like, especially that very much makes sense for the mm-hmm. film. Yeah. At the end of the film, when she has to leave and you know that, you know, Eloise is going to marry this man, even mm-hmm. though, like, they are in love, but they can't, it's the 18th century, they can't yeah. openly be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, she runs down the stairs and she's just like, just take one more look at me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at the end of the film is she goes to this art gallery where she submits 
uh, a painting of Orpheus and Eurydice yeah. where and Orpheus this- is, is looking back at Eurydice and, I, and this guy was like, oh, I've never seen a painting where like this mm-hmm. exact scene is depicted. Yeah. No, I love that because they're both wearing blue, like the husband and then uh, Marion, and they're standing right next to each other, like just a really good parallel. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then... Um, and then she goes to this, like, I guess opera, mm-hmm. and she sees Eloise, and as soon as the music starts to play, um, Eloise is just crying. And this very much is reminiscent of, like, I don't think it's, it's very similar to Call Me By Your Name, and I think I've seen comparisons. I think, like, it, it's a different in a way, because um, cause it, it's, this is, this, at this point, it's Marion talking about the other two times she had seen mm-hmm. Eloise. One was when she's at the art gallery, she saw a painting, mm-hmm. and... This time she was at the opera and yeah. Eloise is just crying and I don't know the actress's name nor can I pronounce it. The place Eloise, that scene was incredible. That was amazing. This movie yeah. is is acted beautifully and also mm-hmm. on very subtle, subtle like kind of facial expressions. Yeah. Both women do an incredible job. I think that because I wrote down the same thing of the ending reminded me of Call Me By Your it just, Name. It's so like crying like it's, yeah, it's, it's non fletching. It that's evokes why. it evokes the same feelings but in a very different way because in Call Me By Your Name. It's just Timothy Chalamet just looking in nothing, and that's just how he's coping with his feelings or lack of coping. Yeah. And then in this, it's um, Eloise just like crying because of the music, because like that's always what she's wanted to hear, just like a whole opera performance. Yeah, she talks yeah. about it in um, the film where she she's very isolated, Eloise. Yeah, and then Marianne is obviously just staring at her, and it's like, oh my this god, this is like, my love. This this is my love, and it's kind of like an opposite "Call Me by Your Name" because in that it's just completely silent, and in this there's just music so much music especially in the film there really isn't any music yeah i think the only time you hear music is when eloise when she first first gets lets out lets out of the house she starts Mm -hmm. to run towards the cliff and there's a little bit of music there there's they sing a song if you ever watch the trailer there's like a song oh it's very rhythmic very rhythmic Mm -hmm. that's when they're around the bonfire that was a great scene where where she literally catches on fire um and just the lighting in this movie it's very well done Yeah. yeah And then, yeah, and then the end. This is, I think, the only few times I can personally remember. Mm-hmm. So silence is, like, very important. Also, like, this, the, you know, sounds around them is yeah. kind of what fills the mm-hmm. movie. Um, I really like, there's definitely, there's these two scenes where um, Marianne is, like, looking at, like, a vision of Eloise in the, the doorway where she's wearing all white, which mm-hmm. is essentially, you realize at the end of the film, her wedding dress. Yeah. And it very much reminded me of a painting that I've seen. Oh, I don't okay. know what it was called. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's really beautifully shot, and the color there was, like, amazing. Yeah, no, that was a great addition to the movie, just how she was so haunted by the idea that, like, oh, this person I love is going to have to get married to someone else, yeah. and just the idea of the last time I see her will be in the wedding dress. Which it is in the mm-hmm. film. Well, not yeah. the last time, but, like, what she thinks is going yeah. to be the last mm-hmm. time. Um, and then also in the film, they do a very good job of, like, showing their love also physically. There's, like, you know, some some little, little sex scenes in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some funny ones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the... In the film, um, Marianne draws a new picture of herself in a book for Eloise. Page 28. 28. And when Marianne sees Eloise's portrait at the way end of the film, it's her with her daughter. Oh, And yeah. it's, like, not a very well-done portrait, obviously. Like, it's not the same one that Marianne painted of Eloise. They both are very different. And you see a book, and on, and on the page it's on is 28. And oh. you know Eloise never forgot. And that's why we want them together. We're sad they're not yeah. together. Oh, man, I forgot about that part, and I'm genuinely so sad Literally, now. I saw it, and oh I was like, God. oh, my God, they, like, never forgot. Maybe and 28 will be our always. Yeah, that's literally... <laughs> yeah. That's not... These are... Those two films mean nothing to, to each other. Um, yeah, so... I really like this film. It's general. I honestly believe it's one of my favorite films oh, of definitely. this year. Oh, definitely my favorite... In my top 10 of 2019. Agreed, sure. agreed. Mm-hmm. And it's just so well done. I, like, got out of the film just feeling so emotional. Yeah. I was like, I like I want to be as in love as they are. Mm-hmm. And I know I won't because it's a film. But, like, <laughs> still. Yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, it's, it's now. It's still in theaters. It just came into theaters. Yeah. So. We definitely recommend. Don't be scared of the, of the subtitles like yeah. my friends are. <laughs> But yes, definitely worth watching. More than worth watching. The best movie out yes. of the five we've talked about today. For yes, sure. this is definitely our favorite out of the five. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you didn't realize, we ranked these um, movies into least likely to be together to least like least likely we want together to most likely we want to, to be together, even yeah. though they're not. Um, 
But yeah, are there any honorable mentions? I think Colin by your name would have been an honorable, yeah, honorable mention. Yeah, Colin by your name. We've already talked about it. If you haven't seen our first podcast about romance, our favorite romance movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, we also purposely did not include any films where the character dies. Yeah. That was very purposeful. So if you're if you have any films where you're like. Oh, like, what about Titanic? Like, no. Oh, the Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. Like, many characters die, mm-hmm. um, even though we think they like, would have ended up together if not. So I think in this film, we want to purposely for the main characters to not, to purposely separate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why. But yeah, this was a good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any comments or if you wish some other films um, would have been on it, you know, comment. We have an Instagram. And a Twitter. And a Twitter, at Making Sense of Movies. Mm-hmm. Please follow us. Uh, yeah, have a good... Have a good day.